Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my friend, Dr. Michael McCracken at Denver Hair Surgery. Had a couple of hair transplants many, many years ago. The technology was not the same as it is today, like it is at Denver Hair Surgery. And uh, it was painful when I got it done. I'll be honest with you. Big scar in the back of my neck. Uh, The procedure was uncomfortable. The recovery was uncomfortable. That was not the case at all. Working with Dr. McCracken, it was easy and the recovery was simple. I'm starting to see results and I absolutely love it. Uh, As we are getting into summer, if you are going to the pool and you got to wear a hat all the time and you feel uncomfortable, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Do what I did. Go to Denver Hair Surgery. Talk to my guy, Dr. McCracken. And if you mention you heard this ad, you're going to save 500 bucks. Go to DenverHairSurgery.com. That's DenverHairSurgery.com. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, so the Broncos and Raiders did not have a pick in the opening round yesterday. And by the way, round two is getting ready to get underway. We will keep you updated if there are any significant picks. But let's talk about what the Chargers did yesterday. The Chiefs did yesterday. Chargers took guard Zion Johnson with the 17th pick, while the Chiefs went defense with their first two picks in the first round. They only had two. Cornerback Trent McDuffie and defensive end George Karlaftis. We could start with the Chargers. Are they better today? They're better today because their offensive line is better. It was interesting that you know that you thought, okay, which picks might uh, be more worthy of uh, the arms race? Maybe they go receiver, but the receiver run happened before them. In the end, the Chargers decided, kind of like last year with Sean Slater in the first round, the best way to prepare for the arms race is by protecting the right arm of B- Justin Herbert. Build a wall. At the end of the day, if you don't have time to throw, I don't care how good the wide receivers are. I know it is old school to say you build in the trenches and then you work your way out. It doesn't always necessarily mean it has to work that way. But to your point, Slater, who's turned out to be terrific Mm -hmm. out of Northwestern, and now they get Zion Johnson, who's a versatile guy. Okay, going to be a day one starter. No question about it. Love that pick for them. They still they're still looking for an upgrade at right tackle, and that's something. Uh, maybe they look kind of long term uh, when they get to the third round. Of course, they only have their second round pick because of the Cleo Mack trade. So I don't think they're done on the offensive line, but they've done very well with the, with the first round picks of the last two years, and uh, really something that was an issue for them for a long time appears to be a strength up, and that's the offensive. Are line. you at all surprised? that the Chiefs went defense-defense and did not try and get themselves a wide receiver? Uh, Mildly surprised, but I think they looked at the landscape, saw that the run on on high-level receivers happened early, and uh, looked at the fact they have two second-round picks and said, we can can make the moves that we need at, at the skill spots in round two. They found two, again, another team that found immediate starters. Now, Carl Aftis, he's he's not the most explosive of pass rushers. He generates pressure, but he might have trouble generating sacks. But he can generate pressure. Certainly for them, they looked around the division, saw bookend pass rushers everywhere else in the division. 
They didn't have anybody bookending opposite Frank Clark of value. They needed to up, to upgrade that. McDuffie at corner, he could be their number one cornerback at this time next year. At minimum, right now, he's going to play most of the snaps. He's kind of a chess piece. They can move him around. They can move him around. They can play him at slot. They can even give him some safety looks. But a lot of potential, a lot of potential there. And that was probably that was about the best value they could get at twenty one was McDuffie. They desperately needed a cornerback. They desperately needed a quarterback. They desperately need secondary help, period. Right. Because So that's because, why in itself it's a good pick if the guy's any good. But he's somebody, remember, they lose Tyron Matthew. I mean, I would not be surprised to see him get some snaps back at safety or or working kind of in, inside, sort of like how the Broncos used Caden Stearns last year and how they started off using Pat Sertan before he played his way into, into more work. Being their number one corner, probably is something that's a year off for, for McDuffie. Playing a vast majority of the snaps in a lot of different spots is something that I think could be in line for him here in year one. As for Carl Aftis, who is going to play on the other side of Frank Clark? They were, it was duct tape and bailing wire and that, there. That's why they had to take him. That's why people thought they were going to take Jermaine Johnson at 21. I'll tell you right now. Instead, I think they kind of looked at the board, saw Johnston and Carl Aftis both there and said, and even guys that we that we've seen today too, like David Ojabo, Boy Mafe, and said, All right, we're be, we're gonna be able to get an edge that we like at thirty. We're not gonna be able to get a corner that we like at thirty. I think that I think that that was reading the board and I think they read it correctly. Okay. Looking at the Chiefs' needs, and I understand this is not a Kansas City radio show, but they're still the best team in the division. They're who you, until further notice, they're who you're shooting for. Essentially, their needs are wide receiver, defensive line, maybe another cornerback, and obviously a safety. I, I would say if they're sitting at 50 right now, which they are, mm-hmm. and there are probably two teams right now that are looking. I keep, I keep banging this drum. I do. So there are probably a couple of teams that are looking for tight end help. Tennessee Titans are looking for tight end help, mm-hmm. and the Colts are looking for tight end help. Get ahead of the Colts at 42 and find a way to get McBride, or there's another really good tight end out there. And the, some people don't As a pass-catching tight end, you're talking yeah. about Dulcich from UCLA? Right. Yeah. So, he's not much of a blocker, but he's a good pass-catcher. Get one of those guys, pair him with Travis Kelsey. You, you're, it's not that you're fine on wide receiver, but I can't even imagine what that offense is going to look like with a two tight end set when you have two guys who can catch and block. Yeah. Again, Dolchish not much of a blocker. If you want, if you want the complete package, you want McBride. If they draft, who do you Mc- think the first guy to go off the board is at tight end? McBride, no doubt. I think so too. You know what's kind of like because because he is the most complete package at tight end because because he is every down is there. There are, you know, Dulcich might be a better pure pass catcher, but McBride isn't far off. But he's a much better blocker than Dulcich. And the Chiefs, and as we've seen with Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs want their tight end to be able to block. Did either of these teams make moves that make you think as a Broncos fan, oh boy? Mm. I don't think so either. No. No. Now, if Jamison Williams had dropped to 17 and the Chargers would have taken him, I think that's the one that would have made me say, uh oh. Say, uh oh. As it is, Zion Johnson's a good player, but it's also kind of a positional value thing, right? Well, look, a, at- a guard is necessary, but but the positional value of guard at 
at 17 is just okay. Unless you're unless you're talking about somebody playing it close close to a Quentin Nelson level. If the Chiefs would have said we want Jermaine Johnson, would that have concerned you? Because it would have concerned me a little bit. Because that guy has a higher upside mm-hmm. than the kid from Purdue. Carl Aftis, yeah, no question. I think about Carl it. Aftis settles in as a good as a good number two edge. Jermaine Johnson's ceiling is number one edge. Right. I think Carl Aftis is always going to need somebody right. who's your alpha on the up, on the other side. Right. And so I, I'd worry about the upside of Jermaine Johnson. So if they took him, I'd be like, oh, man. But then on, on the other side, I, I like that pick for the Jets. You know who? Uh, I, thought, I thought the Jets did as well as they, po- as well as they possibly could. I'm going to go in the way back machine here. You know who Carl Aftis reminds me of a little bit? It's when I covered the Bills, a guy by the name of uh, Phil Hansen. Okay. Good, solid reliable. He played, what, about eight years for him? Really good player, yep. solid, reliable. But it helped that they had Bruce Smith elsewhere. And then uh-huh. and then, and then later on, they, I believe uh, Phil Hansen was on this team when they had Bryce Pop. Remember him? I was there when he yeah, got there. Right. He came from the Packers, and we all thought, okay, because that was the year after they went to their final Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I think he wore 94, if I'm not mistaken. And in, in Buffalo, everybody was excited because, man, they got a guy, another guy on the edge, but this guy had Bryce Pop had speed. The funny thing is about those Buffalo teams, the nineties, they tell me about them. I'll tell you. No, but like from a distance, <laughs> their def when you were there, their defense got better. It certainly helped that Wade Phillips walked in the building, I believe, in nineteen ninety five. Yes. And but that's their, when their, I was covering them. Yeah. Their defense was better after the Super Bowl years, but they're all but guys like Jim Kelly and Thurman Thomas were getting old. It's funny. They had great individual talent but they never seem to have a great defense. Mm. Actually, 1999, they had the number one defense in football. I, w- I wasn't there. Okay. when Wade- I'm saying when I was yeah. there from 94 to 96, they had Bryce Pop mm-hmm. and Bruce Smith and Phil Hansen and Daryl Talley and Cornelius Bennett. But and some then of those- they, had, they had somebody else's safety who I can't remember. Nate Odom? Was- or was he, was he a corner? I can't. I, that name sounds Leonard familiar. Smith had retired by then at safety. Yes. Um, yeah. Mark Kelso. I think he was there. Yeah. I can't tell you what I had for lunch But the, the thing is, like, when you were there, they had the parts, and they were a good defense. It was probably a better defense than when they went to the Super Bowl, but Wade Phillips was still kind of getting his guys. Right. After you left, they had a great defense. Yeah. That's because I left. Well, and also because Wade had gotten more of his guys in there. Right. And then, unfortunately, um, they started Rob Johnson in the playoff game, and that was that. And that that, that, right. game, that unfortunately ruined a really good team. Kelly retired after I left. He retired after the 96 season. Correct. After I left. Yeah. After I left. All right. Coming up after the break, we had a great conversation with Garrett Bowles. You're going to want to hear it because we asked him, can you name every quarterback that you have played with since you have been here in Denver? And his answer is awesome. That's next. Make hot noises in this place.
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason, watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public for your next project, whether it's a deck or a fence or anything you're working on this summer, you want to go with Rocky Mountain Forest Products for a couple of reasons. One, it's wholesale lumber to the public. You go to a big box store, that obviously is retail, not to mention the quality of the lumber is going to be so much better. Go with Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Find them online at rmfp.com. Yep. First two picks of uh, the second round have happened. First one, uh, Tampa Bay at 33. They got that in a trade from Jacksonville. They take uh, Logan Hall, the defensive lineman out of the University of Houston. And at pick 34, the Vikings were on the clock. They made a trade with their rivals from the NFC North, the Packers. And the Packers go for a wide receiver. They took Christian Watson from North Dakota State out of Fargo. Fargo. You gotta do the, you know, you gotta do the accent, right? Because North Dakota State's in Fargo. Was that your accent? Oh yeah. How was Fargo? Oh, real good. Yeah, real good. Don't you know? Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge, or go to rmfp.com. So, of course, the big thing there is the Packers getting Aaron Rodgers, his wide receiver, and Christian Watson uh, going to have a huge transition coming from uh, FCF North Dakota State. They're going to be expecting a lot out of him in a hurry. I believe this is the highest wide receiver taken by the Packers in the draft since, since Javon Walker, eventual Bronco, 20 years ago. All right, so the uh, Broncos had voluntary minicamp this past week, and we had a chance to catch up with Garrett Bowles. How do you like this new scheme fit, knowing that they need athletic guys on the offensive line, and really that's your forte? Um, I feel good. I mean, this is, you know, this definitely offense is an outside zone scheme, so, you know, you got to be quick and agile, and you got to stay on the angle, and you got to use your hands, you got to use your feet, and I feel like, you know, with my lacrosse background, you know, with me moving my feet and running up and down the field, I think it just fits this scheme really well. How similar is it to 2019 with Skangs? Is it like right this exact same, or are there some differences? No, there's some differences. I think it's more, um, uh, what is it, detail-oriented. I mean, there's a lot of more details, a lot of more, you know, just using using our players here that we have. I think it's, you know, that's what's special about us is we're so dynamic in all aspects of the game. From, you know, all three phases, we have guys that can play. So, you know, using those guys and putting them in the right position is going to help us win a lot of games. You've joked at many press conferences how many quarterbacks you have played with. When you found out it was Russell, did you think finally the merry-go-round is going to stop? (laughs) Oh, man, you know, I don't know if it was a joke or just I've lost track over the years. Um, But like I said, I've I've had a special um, relationship with almost all of them. Um, And so, you know, I I learned things from all of them. But at the same time, I love Russ. Um, I was super jazzed when Russ was here. Like I said, you know, we've talked over the last couple of years, just a little here and there when we played them in the preseason. So, 
Um, I'm just looking forward to it. He's a great leader, a great human being, and I'm just very grateful that he's on our team. All right, we've known each other for a long time, so I can give you a little bit of grief or poke fun at you. Name every quarterback you have played with with the Broncos. Um, oh, man. Okay, I got you. My first year was Trevor Simeon, Paxton Lynch, um, Brock Osweiler. My second year, 2018, would have been Case Keenum. My third year would have been Joe Flacco. Um, th- this would have been Jeff, uh, not Jeff, Brandon Allen. This gets Ju- tough, doesn't it? Drew Locke. <laughs> I think my fourth year would have been Drew Locke again. Um, Jeff Drissel, um, uh, Brett Rippin, and um, was it Philip Lindsay and Kendall Hinton? Yeah. And then my last year would have been um, Philip Lindsay. Drew Locke. Oh, yeah, he took he, he took t- snaps on the, the Saints in the same staff. The That's right. Yeah. And then I would have, and then I think my fourth year, that would have been what, 2020? Yeah. So now you, you, you got through 2020. So the, We're on 2021 now. No, because I forgot Brandon. We we have Jeff Drissel in yeah. 2020. Yeah, Drissel, so it's Drew Locke, yeah. Jeff Drissel, yeah. okay. and then freaking Brett Ripon again on Thursday night with the yeah. Jets. I'm going to make I'm gonna make it simple for you. What did you have for lunch yesterday? Hold on, hold on. I'm not done. He's almost, no, almost, I'm almost done. 20, okay. 20, 2021 would have been last year, so that would have been Drew Locke. Um, who else would it have been? Who else? Who else was with us in 2021? Brett Rippin again? Yep. And mostly Drew. And now we have, uh, yeah. People's long-term memories. How was tend- that? Excellent. People's long-term memories tend to be better than the short-term memory. What did you have for dinner two nights ago? What did I have for dinner two nights ago? <laughs> um, chicken, rice, and some vegetables pretty much every night. Good job. By the way, it was Teddy. Teddy. <laughs> Teddy. I forgot Teddy Bridgewater. How did I do that? I love my boy Teddy. Teddy. Hey, that's impressive, huh? That is, that's I couldn't impressive. I couldn't have done that. What advice would you give Garrett Bowles the rookie today? Um I would say, ooh, that's a good question. The advice I'd give Garrett Bowles the rookie today would be um your better days are ahead of you. Um just keep grinding and keep getting better. Um pay attention to the details, keep your mouth closed. Um, and come in here with a very positive attitude and be humble and uh, be vulnerable and uh, learn from your mistakes. What do you mean by keeping your mouth closed? Means, you know, when I came in here, I was married with a child, so I was a little bit different than most rookies. I think you just come in here and just learn from the vets. Take, you know, every vet wants to tell you what to do, and sometimes you can't get so defensive all the time, and you really just need to be quiet and and learn um, and really just pay attention to the, the little things because football is all about the little things, you know, how, how you take care of your body, how you eat, how you sleep, how you work out. You know, I had to learn all that, especially just getting brought in here and expected to play left tackle, which is a very difficult position. Um, and so, you know, it's just so many details in everything you do. So just learning like that and not to be afraid to ask questions and, you know, at the same time, know when, when to speak and when not to speak. You've got linemen around you've come have come in since you arrived so is the advice that you give guys like quinn dalton cush calvin is it the same as that that you'd give your rookie self or is it a different kind of advice you give them different advice like now i look back at myself i'm a lot more humble a lot more vulnerable um you know i i, I feel like i've grown 
in all aspects of my life. Like, I'm a big believer in the way you live your life off the field is the way you play on the field. And so, um, you know, I had to realize, you know, how to balance my my family life at the same time being a professional athlete. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we have a lot of guys that have girlfriends, um, you know, guys are getting married and all things. So it's really neat to, like, have those relation, have those relationships with my brothers in my O-line room and, and communicate with them. Like, Graham just had a baby. And so it's really cool. Like we get to talk about family things where when I first was here, I had a bunch of guys that were older, with, you know, maybe one or two guys that were married. So I didn't get to have those conversations. And I really think that's really important because, like I said, the way you live your life off the field is how you play on the field. So if you take care of the off the field things and make sure everything's at home, then you can come here with, you know, a clear mind and be ready to rock and roll. I got to Denver in 2004 and there have been a handful of great stories about athletes who have battled back from adversity. Chad Bettis, to me, is probably at the top of the list, battling back from mm-hmm. testicular cancer. Demarius Thomas, living with the fact that his mother and grandmother were in prison. But I might have to put Garrett Bowles easily in my top five with the way he was ridiculed by the media and the fans. He wasn't well-liked in that locker room, and he has battled back from adversity as well, and good for him. You hope that he's uh, he's got a good season in, in store for him. I th- a bit of a bounce back year because he did not play as well last year as he did back in 2020. Right. In the COVID year. Um, I do think that the lack of crowds probably had something to do with uh, his his huge leap that he made in 2020. But now, you got a, now you've got a quarterback who tends to be a rising tide that lifts all boats, something that really Garrett Bowles has not experienced in his career. I think big things are in play for him. I, I think the fact that Russell Wilson has really kind of already taken the time to reach out to Garrett Bowles, he had Garrett be a part of the workouts in San Diego, I think says a lot about what, how Russell Wilson feels about Garrett Bowles, and uh, certainly uh, I think Bowles is going to repay that in kind. By the way, speaking of Russell Wilson, um, he went to the draft at Broncos headquarters. He showed up, talked to some of the media members, kind of like a gym rat, just wants to be around. I don't know if he'll be invited into the draft room. I'm guessing if he wants to go into the draft room, he can. Uh, but he's hanging around Dove Valley today. And uh, there are some pictures of him on on Twitter. And uh, good for him, a guy who wants to get involved. Yeah, because you know what? He was the, the fee, he was working out in the field house. And right. the field house is a media area right. today. Right. So, All right, coming up after the break, we'll let you know who has drafted whom. Big trade inside the NFC North. Again, uh, one team has decided to make two trades in this draft with teams in their own division. We'll tell you who that team is. We'll update you on who has been taken so far. And we're going to go through what uh, one mock draft says about the Broncos in the second and third round and how realistic is it. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. 
Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. All right, what do we got for the draft? All right, let's reset the second round here. Pick 33, Tampa Bay, Logan All, defensive lineman out of Houston. Pick 34, Packers trade up with the Vikings. They pick wide receiver Christian Watson. And by the way, it's the second trade the Vikings have made within their own division. Right, and another interesting thing also is, someone, as someone pointed out on Twitter, the second round receivers taken by the Packers in the Aaron Rodgers era have included you know guys like Jordy Nelson, of course, Greg Jennings before Aaron Rodgers, but he started but he was a second round pick Devontae Adams the second round has been very good to the Packers at wide receiver pick 35 overall Titans take cornerback Roger McCreary uh, Woody Page of uh, of local renown uh, sh- shot his shot as it were and had called for Roger McCreary to be a Bronco but that won't happen he'll go to the Titans he doesn't have the same contacts as he used to well I think also as we've talked about with George Payton the things that used to get out don't get out. That's right. Right. Pick 36, uh, the the Giants, or the Jets trade up with the Giants. They get a running back. They get Brees Hall out of uh, out of Iowa State. Pick 37, Jalen Pitria, safety from Baylor, going to the Houston Texans. Pick 38, Falcons trade up, and they take Arnold Buckety out of Penn State defensive lineman, more of an edge rusher. He was a defensive end at Penn State. So there's an edge off the board, by the way. And at pick 39, another corner off the board, uh, that's Kyler Gordon. He's going to the Chicago Bears. The Seahawks now on the clock. No QBs taken so far on day two. Do you think the Seahawks end that here? Well, uh, well, uh, oh, taking a quarterback? Yes. I would think that they would unless they really want Baker Mayfield, but I don't think they want that contract. Yeah. So Malik Willis does make a heck of a lot of sense here. For it the does. Seahawks. It does. And he might be the, the next guy. I'll tell you what I find interesting. A couple things. Um, a lot of cornerbacks are going right now. And I, I had said that I think cornerbacks should be a priority. There may not be guys left who are worthy of the 64th pick. Right. And, the other thing to consider in terms of all that goes on with the Broncos and what they do with 64 is this, maybe not so much with edge, but with corner and tight end, if they don't get anything of satisfactory value, if there isn't anything available, then look for them in the coming weeks to add to that, to, to get a veteran corner to fill out the depth chart if they don't get a corner here at pick 64 in the third round. And also, if they don't get a tight end, they've already worked out Kyle Rudolph, who, of course, played for Minnesota in a long time, for for a long time, played under George Payton up there. So if they don't get those positions at 64 or in the third round, look for the Broncos to look for one-year stop gaps here on the market in the coming weeks. Listening to the names that you rattled off, you know, all the draft experts have best guys left on the board. Everyone loves that, yeah. Okay. The names that you just rattled off, the uh, the guys who many guys said were the best guys left on the board, are still on the board. Mm-hmm. Specifically, that linebacker out of Georgia. 
And I'm wondering, With Kobe Dean. Yep. I am wondering why this guy is slipping. Well, that's the thing. Like you, you, the other thing, for example, I talked about Booth out of Clemson, the cornerback. Apparently, there are some injury concerns about him. Usually, if players are perceived to be dropping, it means that there are injury concerns or some other concerns that the public was of which the public was generally unaware. That's often what happens with players who are perceived to be dropping. That something came up on something came up on the medicals, or something kind of came up out came up that did not leak out. So the teams have that information, but that's not something that a lot of us in the public have. So that's why you sometimes kind of see that uh, uh, that discrepancy. Another thing, also because this draft was so deep once you got beyond it, once you got kind of into the end of day one. And through day two and even in day three, that you're gonna have that you're gonna have probably quite a bit of variance on board. There are gonna be teams that have uh, that have some players uh, as a second round grade, and others have a fourth round grade on. Right, and that's the other thing that happens as well. By the way, three defensive backs have gone in the first seven picks in the second round. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clemson's Andre Booth, he is still available. The uh, Bears have reportedly made their pick. It's Kyler Gordon, like I said. Yeah, right. Cornerback. But all these cornerbacks are going off. Which mean, which, I mean, right there now. Might, there might not yeah. be enough talent there right. to take it 64. So now you look at defensive end. Honestly, I wouldn't be overly surprised if they go inside linebacker. If that, look, one thing that the Broncos have in terms of a luxury is, Again, because they have the Kyle Rudolph that they could sign in their back pocket to get him by for years and every down to the right. end. Because of that, they don't have to pick a position right now. They're, it's not something where they say, oh, we need a starter today. Right. Because of that, you can go maybe not strictly best player available because I don't think you're going to pick a wide receiver. But right. you have a you have enough positions you have edge, inside linebacker, corner, tight tight end, interior line, and tackle. Enough positions to where you can say, okay, who's the best at one of those spots and just pick that. There are reports that the 40th pick that the Seahawks got from the Broncos, they are going to take quarterback Malik Willis. There we go. Seahawks have to be feeling ecstatic. I mean, there are people who had Malik Willis mocked to them at nine. Yep. Um. What was Drew Locke? Was he picked 42 back in 2019? By the way. So it's interesting. Let, let me, so let, now, now Drew Locke is basically going to be looking across the quarterback room at somebody uh, who, kind of similar to him, made a little bit of an unexpected tumble through the draft. By the way, let me rephrase that. I'm, I can't say that with absolute certainty. I reread that tweet oh. that I just, that I read. Yeah. Hmm. Um. So, uh, scratch that. So gotta, I apologize. Gotta be this is, with that. This, right. is, this is live radio. Yeah. This is live radio. By the way, this is interesting. Todd McShay said he was told about Kayvon uh, Thibodeau, had an all-time bad interview with the Giants before the draft, and apparently that was one hell of a smokescreen. That's I, why it, we always say it's the disinformation season, right? Right. You can't really be, you can't believe much of what you hear, and that's... Uh, and that and that's one reason why you kind of you kind of put your you kind of have to kind of keep your nose to the grindstone and ignore some things. I mean, for example, we just had a we just had a conversation earlier this week about how Dwayne Stuke, special teams coordinator, uh, really wasn't keen on Matt Ariza, the punter out of San Diego State. Wouldn't it be something if maybe Stukes isn't keen on him 
but George Payton is. Right. And remember, by the way, a very influential voice in that draft room is Darren Muji. Where did Muji go to school? San Diego State. He jokes about it, but I think behind every joke is an element of truth. He does. He does like his Aztecs. Does Muji? Well, I would love to. I would love for him to take uh, Arasia. Uh, yeah, Arasia. Arasia. My bad. Yeah. God, I, I think the funny head. thing is, like, despite what Stukes said, if Muji is pounding the table for Arasia and they pick him, I think Stukes would fall in love in a hurry. Well, but, yeah. <laughs> well, then again, he has guys but, on his roster. But at the same, same time, thing. but at the same time, like, if they if they did that. We would that would be that would have been one hell of a smokescreen. By the way, um, the Giants have made a trade. The Giants have made a trade with the Seahawks. Mm, no, the Giants no, trade. No, the Giants. I'm getting killed on no, Twitter. No, here's what happened. The I'm Giants. Okay, let me. The Giants had picked 38. Yeah, they traded down with the Falcons. They right. from so the Giants moved down to 43, picked up 114, which is by the way, the pick immediately before the Broncos back to back up. Third, fourth round picks, pardon me. And so th- that's the one they, they used on Bukete. I think I, I got it right. I, I think I got it right. Um, so right now, Seattle has back-to-back picks. And the funny thing is when you have back-to-back picks, that means like you can take... The, like like, like Drew Locke and Dalton Reiser? After the after a trade, right? Right. But the thing is, when you have back to back picks, you can let one the the clock expire on one and go to the next one, right? Because you have that pick, you can just turn in both cards at, at once. You also wonder if Seattle's fielding uh, some some phone calls at this moment as well. Okay, so uh, we are going to take a break. We'll keep you updated on the draft after the break. And uh, what do we have coming up on? Just in case you missed it. Well, you mentioned earlier in the show, Mace, that the Rockies just got swept in their first loss series of the season. They're hoping to bounce back tonight with the uh, with the very low low of the league, the Cincinnati Reds in town. And there's more news coming out of the Rockies organization that we will get to <laughs> next, which is not good news at all. That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Mason. Watch us at You can reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, if you live in the city or if you work in the city and you're driving home and you're thinking, man, I would love to have a cocktail when I get home. The only place to go in town is Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Great pricing all the time. They always have special events as well. With that, I want to bring in my friend, the marketing director of Argonaut, talking about Josh Robinson. How are you, my friend? Hey, doing good, Eric. How are you? I'm great. Heading into the weekend, what do we got on special that people are going to want to pop by the store to pick up? Definitely. We have a ton. Um, right now, New Zealand, uh, Australia, and Saki are all on sale for wine, 15% off. I mean, we have crazy specials on uh, just about everything in the store, but uh, 
Highland Park 12s at thirty nine ninety nine. Um, we have some really great uh, brands that are specific to us. Column five nineteen ninety nine uh, for a one seven five of vodka. We got a ton of great stuff going on. The one thing I really miss during COVID was the tastings, whether it's a whiskey tasting or a wine tasting. You have something coming up that's really cool, don't you? We do. We are really excited to bring back our uh, Father's Day weekend rare whiskey tasting. Um, it's going to be a really special one. I don't have the exact bottles we're tasting yet, but usually we do a couple bottles from the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection, possibly a bottle of from the Pappy Van Winkle line, um, but it'll be four rare whiskeys, and then you'll get the opportunity to spin a wheel, and whatever you land on, you'll have the opportunity to purchase a rare or allocated bottle, something that you won't get to see on the shelves every day. Depending on your relationship with your father, if you bring him to Argonaut, if you have enough whiskey, will it make him more tolerable? Well, you know, that can go one of two ways, I guess. But (laughs) in general, with me and my family, yeah, a couple drinks helps us all get along a lot better. Doesn't it? Why why is that? Why is it that, you know, at Thanksgiving, you want to have a couple in you? Because it, it makes it more fun, but it also makes people more tolerable. But let's not go down that road. I want to talk about what you have going on next week because it's coming right up. Cinco de Mayo, you have a great giveaway going on and some other things, right? Absolutely. We have a giveaway for a Traeger grill going on in the store right now. Um, we always have several others, different pairs of skis, Yeti coolers, all kinds of things going on. So you can just uh, come on down and sign up for those. Uh, no purchase necessary. Um, we also have four Cinco de Mayo. Um, on the, I believe the fourth and the sixth, we'll have food trucks at the store from three to six. We got a ton going on. Um, we always try to get special events and things at the store, so there's there's definitely a, always a lot going on at the Argonaut. Now, always great prices at Argonaut, and some people say, "Well, I live a little bit too far, and I don't want to drive." You have a pretty good option for them, don't you? If they don't want to drive we, there, we do absolutely. We. Um, we deliver just about anywhere in the metro area. Uh, any orders over $100 are free delivery, which is great. Um, that's been an awesome promotion for us. And we, uh, if it's under $100, it's a $10 fee, but we'll get anything to you just about anywhere in the metro area. That's awesome. Okay, give us your address and your website. Absolutely. So we're at um, Colfax in Washington, so um, 760 East Colfax Avenue. And our website is uh, www.argonautliquor.com. Josh, have a great weekend, my friend. You too. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for the call. You're welcome. See you. All right. Uh, time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfields has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. All right, what do we have on the draft right now? All right, Seattle did not take a quarterback with either of its two Gosh, I, was, I, I thought I was going to be wrong, and now they just proved it. Yeah. Boye Mafe, edge rusher out of Minnesota. We talked about him, 40, at pick 41, in some eyes, running back one, running back two, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State. He's the second running back off the board after Brees Hall. He goes to Vic- to the Seahawks at pick 41. Um, Vikings right now on the clock uh, because they, uh, th- they've they made a trade with the Indianapolis Colts. Man, with Rick Spielman gone, 
Uh, I mean, he liked to make trades, but this is getting ridiculous yeah. with their new GM. Well, right now, by the way, the Seahawks quarterback uh, competition is poised to be Drew Locke and Geno Smith. You know what? Somebody might last until the third or fourth round they might want. I, I can't remember. They did pick Russell Wilson in the third. Maybe they're hoping lightning strikes twice. Was it was it Drunken Miller? Not Drunken Miller. Drunken Dr- Miller was first round pick in 97, yeah. Right. So looking at the looking at um, the kid who was taken out of Pitt, Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. He was the latest pick in the first round since Drunken Miller. Who was pick 26. By the way, pick 26 was also Paxton Lynch. Pick 26 is a bad, bad spot for quarterbacks. Vikings not taking Malik Willis after trading up. There were some that th- when they traded to 32 last night, people thought that might be the quarterback. They did not take one there. Vikings take Andrew Booth, the corner out of Clemson, which goes back to what you and I were discussing earlier about how the cornerbacks who mo- the cornerbacks who appear to have been a potential fit for the Broncos seem to be going off the board, and that may not be a, a position of value by the time the Broncos pick at 64 unless they decide to move up. I understand that it's better to have Russell Wilson. But how could this draft have looked if they got a stud defensive player at nine and then Malik Willis at 40? Been intriguing. Wouldn't it have? have? Very intriguing. Right. Now the question then becomes with Malik Willis, does that, if you have a bad, if you'd had a bad season, does that preclude you from going quarterback next year? That's another, you know. It, It is crazy to think that so many teams are quarterback hungry. Mm-hmm. But if we're really looking around the NFL, are there really that many teams that are quarterback hungry with teams like the Bengals? They have their guy. Chargers, they have their guy. Jags, they have their guy. The Jets just took Zach Wilson a couple of years ago. I understand what's going on with the Giants. But when you go through every team, there are a lot more teams that either just drafted a guy or feel they have their guy. Right. Right. I mean, uh, we, we can go through team by team if we want to. But but even in the AFC East, we could just start right there. We're not going to go team by team. Jets believe they have their guy. Patriots believe they have their guy. Bills certainly believe they have their guy. The mild question is Miami, but they're just but they just drafted two a couple and of years an, ago. And that's my point. And now and now so with, who's desperate? And it's funny, like Miami and Philadelphia are two teams that may or may not have their guy, but what they what Philly did with Jalen Hurt for Jalen Hurts last night right. is similar to what Miami did with Tua this offseason saying, Okay, you've got the skill players. There if you fail, it's on you because we surrounded you with talent. I would say right now there might be four or five quarterback desperate teams, and I think we're seeing that play out in the draft. Mm-hmm. I think that that for forget about listen, I know they're this isn't a great quarterback for drafts. At least that's what a lot of people say. But no one's biting at the bait. And how many are? And, and if you're for Seattle, is Seattle actually thinking about twenty three? They might. I be. think that may they be should the case be here. They should be. You and I talked about it. I wouldn't trade for Baker Mayfield. Run with those two guys. See if you can get one of the top two picks. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Argonaut, as you just heard from Joss, always great specials. Australian and New Zealand wines and sake. 15% off, and you want it delivered, no problem. All over the Denver metro area, delivers over 100 bucks are free. Check them out off of Colfax or ArgonautLiquor.com. All right, that is going to do it for us. Guys, great job in the studio as always. Mace, 
Have a great weekend. You too.